0: Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon and the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 98 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about hosting a podcast that supports your business. As I approach 100 episodes of Process to Profitability, I've talked to a lot of people about why I started a podcast and how I run it while still maintaining my service-based business. Podcasting has become the main way I create content to support my business, so today I'm sharing how I got started, how my podcast grew, and what you should consider if you want to start a podcast of your own let's jump in with talking about my podcast journey you guys have heard bits and pieces of this as i've talked through it on instagram and right here on the podcast but really it was something that i had been considering for a long time before i actually got started i had a blog from the very start of my business in 2015 and even before that Until I started podcasting back in 2017. What I learned during that time of writing blog posts was that it was not the way that I enjoyed sharing content. While I was able to write a blog post that came out every week, sometimes every couple of days, or sometimes every day, what I found was that sitting down to write those posts was draining and a lot of times I just didn't wanna do it or I would put it off to the last minute so it wasn't the best content that I could create. I have some great Squarespace tutorials that still get a lot of traffic on my blog and so I'm really glad that I did take the time to create all of that content in written long form. It's helped my website get found, it's helped people follow these tutorials, it's been a great way for me to have content out into the world but as I got further and further along in my business, sitting down to write a blog post every week just made me cringe. When I did have to write blog posts, I would record myself talking through the topic and then transcribe it as a post. So I was basically recording a podcast and then transcribing it as a written blog post and scheduling it to go live. So I knew that I liked just talking through topics. It felt a lot more natural to me. I was able to better connect with my audience because I could talk through things the way that I naturally do instead of feeling like I had to over edit something. And so when I went to a small conference back in 2015, I met a couple of ladies who had podcasts and were just getting ready to start podcasts. And this was something that I had considered in the back of my mind, but never really made a real plan for it in my business because I thought this was something only people who had a lot of resources or a lot of connections or a lot of time did. When I met these ladies, some of them had already started their podcast and they were doing really amazing things. Others were just getting ready to start. I remember listening to the intro of a podcast that one of my friends was working on at the time And it just really inspired me to think that this was not something that you needed a big network for. It was not something that you had to have all kinds of connections or equipment or anything really very special to get set up. I knew that it was more work to start than a blog because you couldn't just drop it onto a website and write whatever you wanted. But I found out that it was easier than I was making it out to be. And so after I got home, From that conference, I really couldn't get the idea of podcasting out of my mind. I was still working on my blog, and every time I would write a post, I just felt like this was not the way that I should be showing up in the world. And so I reached out to those friends and a couple other ladies to see if I could be guests on their podcasts. And I really wanted to test it out and see if I enjoyed the medium. Of talking to people over a microphone having it recorded and then having it go out into the world and they were very gracious and had me on their shows and I found that it was a lot of fun both as a guest so bringing people on that I was answering questions and just having a conversation and I already knew that I liked creating content in a way that I was just talking through things on my own And so those two things helped me solidify that a podcast might be a good idea for my business and the way that I like to do things. What I did here, which was one of the smartest decisions I've made in my business, is I took a course on starting a podcast. Now, for a lot of people, and even for me, taking a course on something is not the best way to get started because... You can get stuck in the learning curve. You can get caught up in the course and never actually implement anything. But this one was created by a friend of mine. I got in for a pretty low price, which I was excited about. And I knew that this was already something I wanted to do and that if I was to try to do it myself, it would be a lot of trial and error and tons of research. And the course that I took was great because it already did all of that for me and broke it down in a really simple way. So, I took the profitable podcast plan course from Kinsey Roberts, and I'm going to link to that in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, it was really helpful for me. She shared how she started her podcast and really practical things like what images you need for iTunes, how to submit your podcast, how to record, how to get guests, her workflow, like everything that she did to start and grow her podcast, she shared in this course, but it wasn't overwhelming, it wasn't something that I felt like I couldn't accomplish after listening through it. So it was one of the best investments I made in my business because it saved me a lot of time and it was able to help me get my podcast out faster. I started the course and within just a month or two, I had my trailer on iTunes and that was all approved and I started reaching out to people To be guests. So I wanted to talk about how I did this. When I first started, I reached out to people that I was already acquainted with, some business friends, um, people that I had collaborated with in the past and told them about my new show, what the topic was and what I was doing and that I was pre-recording to have a couple episodes to all go live at once when we launched and asked them if they would be interested in being on the show to talk about very specific topics. I chose topics that I knew were going to fit with the theme of the show and that the guests that I was asking were experts on. So I wanted to really feature them and what they were best at. So I reached out to a couple of people and I think all of them said yes, so we got set up to record, which was really exciting, and I also asked them for recommendations of other people that they thought might be interested in being on the show as well, and that's how I found my second round of guests that I reached out to, which was really exciting. I had already had a connection because they were recommended by someone else, and you knew that they were probably someone that would be interested in being a guest on a podcast, so that worked out really well for me starting by reaching out with people that I already knew and then asking them for other people they thought would be a good fit for the show. For the first six months of my show, I did everything myself. So I got it all set up. I recorded all the episodes. I learned how to edit them, save them, do all of the metadata, get it all scheduled, released, write the blog posts, everything. I did it all on my own. And I'm really glad that I did at the beginning because I learned how to do all of that. I had a good workflow down, it just took a whole lot of time. And so at the beginning of 2018, I hired a podcast editor that I'm still working with and it saves me hours of editing on every episode just for a little bit of money. So it's a great trade-off for me because it allows me to work on other things and I can trust her to do a great job get it all scheduled for release when it needs to be and it keeps my schedule flexible. This was the very first person I hired as kind of a subcontractor in my business. She's not an employee but she contracts for me. I send her work every week to do with the podcast and it has been a real benefit. It's been great for learning just how to work with somebody, how to hire, how to give feedback and then it's also been great because it's freed up a lot of my time and she's a lot better at editing than I was after six months of trying so while I'm glad that I did it all myself so I knew how it all worked I knew how I wanted things to sound I'm also really glad that I reached out to somebody when I did to bring them onto my team I've also done something with my podcast that if you've been listening since the very beginning, I have tried a lot of different release schedules and episode types. So when I first started out, I had shows once a week, and then I went to twice a week. I've done bonus episodes, guest episodes, solo shows, and I just have kept changing things up to find out what worked best for me and my audience. When I tried doing twice a week, it was to get more content out there. So I'm really glad that I did. I was able to get in more solo episodes, but I found that that was just too overwhelming and most people didn't want to listen to two episodes that were about an hour long every week. And so I've gone back to solo shows. I've tried alternating guest episodes and solo episodes in different ways. And I feel like I've found a rhythm in that now where I have two guest episodes every month and two solo shows. The solo shows are generally a little bit shorter because I am talking through a very specific topic and giving kind of my thoughts, my experiences, a little bit of a tutorial. And then the guest episodes can be longer because you're not getting hours of content every week to listen to. Instead, it's a good balance. And I found that it works really well for me, and that is what I am looking forward to continuing to do and continuing to experiment with. I released a series of bonus episodes earlier this year that went over really well that I loved recording, and for those, I actually edited them myself to save a little bit of money since it was just me, and I have gotten pretty good at figuring out how to edit myself without a guest. So I've just figured out how to do things differently in different ways that work for me. And that's really my journey. It is still ongoing, but it started with a need to find a way to create content in the best way possible for me and my audience. And it has resulted in a lot of trial and error. And I am really excited that I have been able to get to now episode number 98. When was the last time you checked to make sure your website was healthy? The only way to know if your website is serving your business and working correctly is to make maintenance a regular part of your to-do list. I've created a maintenance guide at lemoninthesea.com maintenance that will help you get a picture of how your website is performing, what's working and what isn't, and the things you can work on improving so that you can continue to show off your expertise and bring in more dream clients. Inside, you'll learn why website maintenance isn't something to put off until next week, Fifteen tasks you should be doing on a regular basis to maintain your website and the tasks you need to do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Get the guide at com slash maintenance. Another question that I get asked about in my business is how do I balance hosting a podcast like this that comes out every week almost year round and running my business because my business is service-based. It's not passive income. I'm touching all of my clients' websites and contacting with them all of the time. And so it is a lot of stuff on my plate. The first thing I would say here is that my podcast was intentionally designed to support my business as the way that I create content. So while it has a different name and it's set up a little bit differently in the branding, it doesn't feel like a separate entity. Instead, it feels like a replacement for a blog and not something that I'm running in addition to my website design business. I think part of this is because I don't have sponsors on the show, and so the only thing that you will hear an ad for is the stuff that I have created for you myself. And so I'm not kind of running it as a business where there is income coming in and having to manage who I want to have sponsor the show and how I want to handle that. It's something that I've considered and I may do in the future because podcasting is not as inexpensive as running a blog, but I think that that has really helped make it feel cohesive that the podcast is a big support for my business. The other thing that I do here is I plan my episodes and record well in advance, mostly during my slower seasons, so that I can release episodes even when I'm busy with client work. I am currently recording episode 98, which is going to come out at the end of March, all the way in the middle of December. I'm recording it that far in advance, three and a half months, because I know that come the beginning of April, I'm gonna be on maternity leave. And I want to have all of this stuff done, not only so it can release while I'm away, but so that I don't have to worry about it when I'm getting up to going on maternity leave, trying to wrap up client projects, get everything under control. I want to have the content created in advance. And that works really well for me and my guests. I just let my guests know when I reach out that I'm scheduling for a couple months in advance and they're usually still happy to come on the show and we just plan on letting them know when it's going to release in the future. And I have found that this is a great way to balance podcasting a business. I can do my podcast stuff when I'm not busy with client work, and as long as I'm ahead, then during my clients' busy seasons when I've got lots to do for them and they're emailing me with updates, I can focus on that. The third thing I've done here that really helps me balance the podcast and running my business is that I've hired a podcast editor, which I talked about. And I've also hired a social media manager, and they both take the most time-consuming tasks off of my plate and free up time for me to work on other projects. So by hiring those two lovely ladies, I have more freedom in my business because I am not sitting and editing podcasts, I'm not scheduling the posts to go out about them, to promote them. Instead, I have people that do that for me and I just give them the information that they need whenever I have it. So as soon as I record an episode, I create the graphics, I write the little blurb that's gonna go out on Instagram and they take care of everything else, which is awesome. Okay, so now I'm gonna get into some tips if you are interested in starting a podcast yourself. The first thing I want to talk about is how I find guests. So this is something that uh, has changed over time as my podcast has grown, but I wanted to share it with you guys. So the first way that I find guests is by reaching out. I generally reach out to people that I have a connection with. So someone I've worked with, had a coffee chat with, or who was recommended by somebody else. And if that's the case, then I will suggest a pretty specific topic that I want to cover that I know that they're an expert about, and I'll just ask them, I'll explain about the show, tell them what I'd love to talk about, see if they're willing to come on the show. I've done this with most of my guests, and it works really well for me. I don't usually reach out to people that I don't have any connection with, although occasionally I will try that. It doesn't work nearly as well but occasionally it does, and somebody will get back to me. There have been a few times that I've put out calls for experts in specific areas in Facebook groups, and then I will look through their websites or whatever it is that they post and check out who would be the best fit for what I'm looking for, and then I reach out to them, so I consider that reaching out as well. The other thing that I do to find guests is I have an application. On my website, that people can fill out. And if they seem to be a good fit and submit topics that my listeners might be interested in, then I schedule a coffee chat with them to learn more about their business and what it is they want to talk about. And then we can brainstorm some questions for the episode. I try to make this all as simple as possible, but when I am considering bringing on a guest that I've never heard of who reached out by application, I found that having that coffee chat time is a great way to get to know each other, to get a little bit more comfortable, and I am not the expert in these topics, and so if I can get someone who is to help me brainstorm those questions, then we get a better episode out of it. With my application, I am very picky about who I reach out to after they've applied. Some people I won't reach back out to if it's just not a good fit, if it's not a good time, if the topics are something we've either already covered or that don't fit with my audience. And I also do not reach out to people who send me emails directly through my website or just to my email address. I have a specific application on my website. And if you go to my contact form and fill it out that way, it will send you the link to that application. And so if you can't follow those directions, then I feel like you're not respecting the way that I want to do things and I'm less likely to bring you on the show. I've also found that usually the people that send me an email directly about my show are reaching out for someone else, which I think is fine. I've had people on the show who work for other people reaching out about being guests on podcasts and I don't have a problem with that, but I really feel like you miss some of the personal aspect there when you're just sending out a canned email. And I don't find that those are the people that I connect with or that fit my audience as well. And once I've found a guest, either way, I try to make it as easy as possible for them by using a scheduling software, uh, by using an easy recording program. And I only ask them for their headshot and their bio and then any weird links that they mentioned during the show that I can't find. So I want them to have the easiest experience possible where they know what to expect, they get the questions ahead of time so they can plan a little bit for what we're going to talk about, and then all they have to do at the end of the show is share it on social media if they're interested in it. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about my step-by-step process that's going to include a little bit more of how I do that as well as the tools that I use, but the other type of episode that I record are solo shows. So There is a reason that I do this, and here's why. For a while, I considered only having guest episodes. But since this is my main method of creating content, I wanted a chance to share my expertise as well. And I was encouraged to do this by a lot of people in business. If I had been writing a blog as well, I think that this wouldn't have been as important. But again, this is how I create content for my business. The show is not separate from that. And so I needed to be able to talk about website design and everything that's involved in that customer service, all of the things that I help my clients with. So solo episodes allow me to talk about those topics in more depth because I can create a series or share really detailed show notes. And I am the expert in it. So it can be as long or short as it needs to be. I can include tutorials or whatever it is that I need. What I found is that in recording these shows, I enjoy the flexibility that comes with recording on my own. I can change my plan at the last minute when needed or address a topic that doesn't normally fall under um, business tools, systems, and strategies and really tailor that to what it needs to be for my audience. The thing I don't necessarily love is that I am sitting here talking to a microphone for 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever, and if I don't have some notes to go off of, generally it's a very short episode and I'm not necessarily giving you guys the best information. So these take a lot more research and notes ahead of time, but it makes my schedule a lot more flexible because if an episode just isn't resonating or I'm not finding the right information, I can change it or scrap it. Without having to worry about somebody who has given me their time and their effort to come on the show and record it as a guest. So, if you are considering starting a podcast, I would consider recording solo episodes as well. A lot of the business owners that I know who have podcasts in the business realm do this, and I think it's a great idea. It's a way to let people really get to know you and who you are. And it's a good balance with guest episodes as well. You just have to figure out what consistent schedule you want to keep those on. Next, let's talk about the tools I use for podcasting. And you can find all of these in the show notes uh, so that you don't have to write them down now. But I have created a list of the tools that I use and it's actually gotten simpler over time as I have really tried to hone in on what works best. So I use Zoom for recording It allows me to schedule in advance, and then I just went into the settings to make sure that each person is recorded on a separate track. That's a great way to make sure you're getting the best audio. I also have my guests and I turn off video when we're recording so that my internet works a little bit better. The other program that I use for recording is Adobe Audition. This is for my solo episodes, it's how I record those, and it's also how I edited episodes. People who have um, Apple products can use GarageBand for editing, but I do not, and so I use my Adobe products. It's something I'm already familiar with, and it's something I'm already paying for in my business. My microphone is a Blue Yeti. It's the first one that I bought. I did a lot of research before I got started, and it's worked really well for me. Also, it's very pretty. I found the music for the intro and outro and ads of my show on Audio Jungle. I didn't pay too much for it, but I just wanted a place that I knew I would be able to use the music without having to worry about copyright issues, and so that was a great website. It took a lot of searching. That was one of the hardest decisions that I had to make, but it was a great resource. For hosting, I use Libsyn. It's liberated syndication. I have found that it works really well. My podcasts get scheduled there, and that's where they're released, and then they go out to iTunes, and SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and YouTube, and everywhere else that I've set it up, all with me not having to really touch those other steps. They also allow me to add the show notes, and keywords, and all kinds of stuff, so it took a while to figure that out, but it's a really great system, and it's not too expensive. For tagging the finished files, so if you are not already podcasting, what you do is When you finish recording and editing, is you go in, and just name your file, tell it who the author is, so that on the back end, all of that information is saved there. It's not just saved as some random number or some episode number. You're really kind of giving the file information that is important, and this is read by your host and by iTunes and everybody else. So I use the ID3 editor. It was recommended to me. It's a one-time fee to use, and then you're good to go. And the final tool that I use is Squarespace. So I use this for my show note hosting. I have it set up as a blog on my website. This is not where my audio files are stored, but I link to them on my Squarespace site and I have my show notes there. So people can go to my website to see everything, but it's not taking up my space on Squarespace and slowing down my website. You can host your podcast on Squarespace, but I have just found that that was not what made the most sense for my business. Okay, let's talk about my step-by-step process. Again, this is gonna be in the show notes. So this is what I have kind of adapted from other people who have podcasts, things that I've learned as a guest, or whatever it is that I have seen, and this is what works for me. So my first thing is to brainstorm a topic and a guest for an episode, or review a guest application. And then I will either send or accept the guest request depending on which way I do that. If I have thought of a topic and somebody I'd love to bring on, then I send them a request, seeing if they'd be interested. If I'm replying to an application where I think that they would be a good fit, I will send them a request to have a coffee chat. Then I will schedule the guest in my scheduling system. I use Acuity so that we are all set to go. So I have it set as an hour block with a little information about everything that I need. And in that form, it asks them for their headshot and bio. So when they schedule, they get asked for that information and they can send it. And then I have it on my schedule. So before the episode, one week before at the latest, I send customized interview questions So I have the intro question that I always ask, we go into the topic questions, and then I have the wrap-up questions. I send all of those to them, not so that they're writing a script that they have to follow, but really in order to help them prepare for the episode, to know what to expect, to know what we're gonna cover, and to help me, on my end, to kind of guide them through the episode with the questions. Then I will create all of the graphics. So using their headshot and bio, I create images for Instagram and Instagram stories, and I create an image for the blog post, the show notes. Then we record the episode uh, using Zoom, like I mentioned. And right after we record, I jump off and then I record an introduction with what we talked about and the person's bio. At the end of the week when we have recorded, so I just do this on Fridays because it's easier, I send a guest gift. So I will send just a small thank you note and maybe a little gift to people for being on the show because I know it takes their time and their effort and I really appreciate that they are coming on to share stuff with you guys. Then I edit the episode and add the intro and outro or now I send it off to my podcast editor. I write the show notes including any links uh, and schedule it to be published on the same day as the episode. So the episode gets scheduled in Libsyn, the show notes get scheduled in Squarespace and they all go out at midnight on Thursday. And then I email guests with their custom graphics, the date their podcast will go live, and the link to their episode about a week before it goes live so that they have that. If they want to add it to the calendar, they can. If they don't want to share it, they don't have to. And then I make sure that I am promoting it on social media on the date that the episode goes live so that you guys know about it, so that my guest is promoted. And so that everyone can see what it is that we're up to and what they can learn about. So that's my step-by-step process. Occasionally things go a little bit differently, but that's basically how I walk through every episode that I'm doing. For solo episodes, obviously I don't need a headshot or a bio. I don't send myself customized interview questions. Instead, I kind of write an outline for the episode. Um, But everything else is generally the same. If you are considering starting a podcast and this episode has inspired you and maybe made you a little bit nervous, I would recommend that you check out the Profitable Podcast Plan course from Kinsey Roberts. I will link to that in my show notes. It was really, really helpful for me to get started, and without it, I am not sure that it would have come together the way that it did or that there would be a podcast at all because it just laid everything out in a really understandable way that I could follow and get everything scheduled and working the way that I wanted it to. And you can also check out Rachel Jamison, who is my podcast editor, she is awesome. Uh, We are currently, by the time this episode releases, hopefully her new website will be released, but in December when we're recording, we're working on designing her a new website, but she is a great editor, she has a lot of great suggestions, and she's really easy to work with. So if this is something you're interested in, here are your action steps for today. Number one, apply to be a guest on another podcast to see if you like the medium. If you haven't already been a guest on a podcast, just reach out to somebody, write them a nice personalized email or fill out their application if they have one. So do a little checking on that first and just reach out with a topic that could be helpful for their show that they haven't covered before. And this is a great way to just test out if this is something you're even interested in. Number two, brainstorm ideas for your podcast that both support your business and what you're doing and stand out. There are a lot of business podcasts out there for creative entrepreneurs and business owners, so find a way to make yours stand out from the crowd. And number three, research starting a podcast to make sure that you're gonna have everything in place before you jump in. Get an idea of how much it's gonna cost, how much time it's going to take, and what you're going to need to do so that you are not overwhelmed once you get started, but instead, you kind of got a handle on what has to happen, what the timeline is going to look like. So you can make a really informed decision about whether this is a way that you might like to create content for your audience. I hope this episode was helpful. I know that I covered a lot of information. And when I talk to people about podcasting, there's so much to send them. So make sure you check out the show notes. It's going to have a lot of this information, the links, the outline that I use so that you can get a good idea of what it is that I'm doing without having to take notes. Thanks for listening to process to profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.